Welcome to Christian Concepts, a weekly show in which I hold thoughtful discussions about Christianity, its concepts, and misconceptions. I am your host, Taj. Nowadays, it's common to hear that Genesis and the creation account are just allegories or some kind of parable or just a general story to teach us some kind of moral or some kind of lesson. Some churches even go as far as to teach that Genesis is not literal and it only reflects man's primitive view in the Bronze Age. Today, we're going to discuss why that belief is in direct conflict with Christian concepts. The core principles of Christian concepts can be all found in the book of Genesis. That is where everything is based upon, believe it or not. For example, how was the universe created? Well, that is answered in Genesis 1. How did life begin? Why do we believe in marriage? Genesis 2. Why don't we walk around naked? Genesis 3. Why are there rules to determine right and wrong? Why are we sinners? Why do we need Jesus? Why is there death and suffering? Why will there be a new heaven and new earth? All of these can be answered in Genesis 1 through 3. Why is there no peace in the Middle East? That can be answered in Genesis 21. The Arab-Israeli conflict is sibling rivalry. Yes, they were promised the same land as Abraham's seed. There are countless examples that I could go through with the books of Genesis, all the different principles and Christian concepts that you can pull out. However, the basis for everything is there very early on. Within, let's say, the first uh, 11 or so chapters, really the, the premise of everything is laid out. So a lot of people will say, well, why does that even matter? Why don't we just get to the Gospels and Jesus and all the things in the New Testament age? You know, after all, all that Old Testament stuff mostly refers to Judaism, but Christianity is the New Testament, right? No, not so fast. The Gospel is heavily dependent on the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, the stage is set for Jesus in Genesis 3. So after the fall of man, God has a response to the serpent. Verse 15 reads, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So right then and there, God is making the promise that a seed of man, or the son of man, as we know, Jesus would come to trample and destroy everything that Satan had done. And if you read John 1, you will see the direct parallel between John 1 and and Genesis 1. They pretty much read and open exactly the same. And of course, that leads to John 3, which is possibly the most used verse in sermons. Of course, during the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus, Jesus says, starting in verse 14, something that he draws directly from the Old Testament. He literally mentions a passage with Moses and likens it onto salvation through faith and believing in him. Verse 14 starts, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life, right? That passage right there is the recipe for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And it is pointing to the fact that he would be lifted up. Remember, when this conversation is taking place between Jesus and Nicodemus, he is pointing back to the Old Testament scriptures, which is something that he, uh, Nicodemus, as a teacher of Pharisees, a great teacher of the, the Old Testament, would know that reference, right? So when he is mentioning that he will be lifted up and people must believe in him to have everlasting life, this is something that is very familiar to the people who are, uh, are, are studying and reading the Old Testament. He literally goes right to that and references it. So without that, his whole message, that great passage which is preached by so many churches all around the world, would have no power. It would have no reference, no ground, no backing, because Jesus directly references the Old Testament. And finally, if Genesis is flawed, the whole book is flawed. Remember, the Bible is claiming to be true, inherent. It is the foundation of the faith. It is a book of truth. It is the living word of God and all these different claims. So if a section of it is false, then therefore that claim does not stand up. Christian concepts are built entirely on the Bible. So when the Bible claims to be true and flawless, if there is a flaw somewhere in it, the Bible, therefore, would be a liar. It is not true. Something can't be true and perfect at the same time that it is flawed. I mean, that's just basic common sense, right? So a lot of people will say, okay, well, you have to uh, look through everything with a grain of salt. There's a lot of things in the Old Testament that it was out of date. They didn't understand what was going on and so forth and whatnot. But the question is, where do you draw the line? Where do you decide, okay, that is where uh, the flaw stops and this is where, you know, the, the actual truth of the message and everything comes in. Everything else was just... Uh, people trying to convince people of what God wanted. Where do you draw that line? It is really just up to the person's interpretation at that point. But just to really show another part where uh, Jesus holds the Old Testament and the books of Genesis and all these things in very high regards, because throughout the New Testament, throughout his ministry, he constantly references them. In Matthew 19, you can see he references Genesis 2. Of course, the Pharisees are trying to trip him up and they're asking him questions about marriages and what have you to see if they can find him in some kind of flaw. Because remember, these people knew the Old Testament. They knew, had it in high regard. And of course, they knew that Jesus being a, a Jew would know this as well and him being a great teacher and so forth and all the things that he was claiming, he would also have to hold it in high regard. And here is what he says. Matthew 19 verse 4 starts. And he answered unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them in the beginning made them male and female? Of course, he's speaking about God in Genesis 1 and 2. And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, there are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. So that question was about marriage and divorce and so forth. And his answer, what he used to back his teaching, was the Old Testament scriptures, specifically in Genesis. If not all, most of the New Testament books reference the Old Testament and draw their doctrines established in Genesis. Paul, Peter, Jesus, 
all the apostles, the message that they were preaching came directly from the Old Testament. A lot of those sermons that we know and quote from the book of Acts, they were pulling it from Isaiah and other places in the Old Testament. So in reality, New Testament church doctrine falls apart without the Old Testament, specifically Genesis. And creation is very important. Our need for Jesus as a savior and our hope for the future is based upon Genesis 3 and God's promise. Many modern preachers and Christians believe that we should just skip over creation. Don't even argue that point because you're going to get in scientific conflicts and and so forth. And uh, this new generation doesn't want to hear about Genesis. They say, leave out the Old Testament, just preach Jesus from the New Testament. However, I just want you to know that we have no need for a cure if there is no sickness. If Genesis is not true, Jesus is just a loving teacher and Christianity has no ground to stand upon. So what do you think? Do you think that is too bold of a statement? Because this is a very divisive topic, but Christian concepts, again, are based upon the Bible. And Jesus in the Bible is preaching and quoting the Old Testament. His messages, his sermons, his scriptures, his commandments, all these different things are based upon the book of Genesis, based upon creation being true, based upon the accounts of Moses and all those different things. All of his messages falls apart without that. So let me know what you think. Of course, I have some uh, resources that you can check out in the show notes, a couple links that you might find interesting. So things that you can read to get a little bit more information. But of course, as usual, please reach out to me, Bible Gum Media on social media, and let me know what you think. If you have any questions, you need something to be clarified, or if you want to hear a specific topic on a future episode, please shoot me a DM or a message, tweet, whatever you want to do. So thanks for listening. Thanks for spending this time with me. And as usual, I will see you in the next one. Later.